0: Into a logistical problem because they were performing at two different venues and had to get across the park.
1: Oh, I, I know which, where this is going. Which challenged
0: two categories <laughs> for Disney.
1: So they are kind of primed that everything, like that the good things I, that I like, are fueled on experience.
0: So you go into the bathroom and you see a bunch of Red Bull cans on the floor and you're like, whoa, what's going on with this Red Bull thing? <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Design of Experience, conversations about the ideas that make us feel a tribal devotion to the things we love.
0: Basically, that means we get to talk about whatever we want.
1: And on that note, um, today is our pilot episode, Woo-hoo! and we are going to talk about all of the ideas, the failures, and that final light bulb moment we had that brought us to the recording studio today, and that is the Design of Experience.
0: Okay, first things first, we're not really big into intros, but we should say something about who we are so that maybe folks think we have some reason for being listened to, some clue.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea.
0: Um, I'm sitting across from Emily Wolf. She's producing this podcast. Emily Wolf is a UX designer and a digital strategist at 15.4, uh, really a student of brands. And of how those brands can connect with audiences, uh, she helps us with uh, competitive analysis and uh, you know, helps us reposition or position companies when we begin working with them. Great mind, good head on her shoulders. So privileged to be working with you on this project.
1: Thanks, Steve. I really appreciated that and steve smallman over here sitting across from me is the founder and ceo of 154 which is the agency that we all work at but really we like to see him more as a curator of creative talent because at the end of the day steve is a people person and although he is our fearless leader for all of this i think that it really shows in all of us that he loves to see people grow loves to see what people are truly good at and passionate about and loves seeing them apply that to all the awesome work that we do and he guides us with all of his experience i am tooting your horn right now but you mm. guide us with your vast experience in branding and marketing and client relationships and help us learn through doing as to how to get better at what we do every day
0: thanks you're so welcome that was very lofty <laughs> i've been making it up as we go along for 15 years now that's the truth
1: steve how's it going
0: Uh, Emily, it's going fine. Wednesday, we had a new client, a new tech startup from Boston. They sent down, I think, maybe six people. Spent Mm -hmm. about, I don't know, six hours here doing a pretty intensive brand workshop. That was cool. That was fun.
1: Yeah, I have to say the highlight of the brand workshop, besides the several light bulb moments that we had, was our outing to the coffee window down the avenue here in Hamden. And um, we just, I mean, we just had a great time. We ordered like six coffees and uh, like one. It was one of those moments where someone actually legit says in real life, I'll have one of everything.
0: Their CEO.
1: Yeah, their CEO, one of everything essentially. And it was one of the most like kid-like six-year-old moments of my life where I was like, we are literally getting one of each cookie, one of each hand pie, like three orders of chips and guac. And it was just like, when
0: you guys walked in with all that food, because I'm thinking, you know, I've been along with Ryan here in our shop. We, we've been leading this seminar all afternoon. And I'm like, uh, I think we're kind of winding down here. And then you guys come in with like cartons and cartons of food, which I'm thinking, well, who's going to eat all this? But they crushed it.
1: Totally like, crushed They it.
0: crushed all those chips. There was like a few, you know, there was a little bit of carnage of the pies left over. But mm-hmm. I mean, they just... So I get, evidently we did not feed them enough lunch. Yeah. So that that was one thought. I was like, oh, evidently lunch did not satiate.
1: Okay, so um, what led us here, you know, um, we have tried several times to think about what, I guess they came up with this term, the common thread. I don't know where that came from. But like, what is our thing? Because... We can't really talk about stuff well unless it's actually genuine, if it's actually just part of who we are. So we spent a few weeks kind of digging through ourselves. I just kind of listen to people talk or observe the work that we do. And I'm just trying to find that one gem that's already there. Mm. Because um, people do well about talking about things that they care about, that they're passionate about. And that stuff, I feel like, is really kind of embedded naturally as opposed to something you go searching for to make part of yourself. So I kind of realized all of a sudden, and it was actually, I realized this the moment that that our client was leaving from the brainstorm. And we were just in casual conversation and they asked us like, what are we passionate about? And it just kind of came out like, we love the design of experience.
0: Whether you're, Taking your kids to Disney World for the first mm-hmm. time or that feeling when you arrive in a new city and you've decided to spring for a decent hotel? Mm-hmm. You know, how does it feel when you walk into the lobby? Is that a like, ah, oh, or is it, hmm, I don't know. You know, going to a restaurant, why do we have certain places that we continue to go back to mm-hmm. again and again? Brands that we're loyal to, um, music we mm-hmm. like, podcasts we like, TV shows we're addicted to. Mm-hmm. What is it about that design of experience that keeps us engaged exactly. it's all very very interesting yeah to, to us
1: and the fact that whether you like it or not someone most of the time is behind that experience um, and kind of like that Disney World effect, um, some, it depends on the experience as to whether or not you want to know. Because if you know what's behind Disney World, it's the magic. It's not there anymore. So you, like I personally stay far away from the design of Disney World because I never, ever want to know what's behind the walls, you know.
0: <laughs> Interesting story, um, quick story. When mm-hmm. I, In a previous career, uh, I was responsible for... The production and touring of a couple of uh, performance groups. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an arts program we had created. And one of the places that one of our choirs performed was at the Magic Kingdom in Disney World. Oh. And we ran into a logistical problem because they were performing at two different venues and had to get across the park.
1: Oh, I, I know which, where this is going. Which challenged
0: two categories <laughs> for Disney. Number one, they don't want their performers appearing yeah. anywhere but on stage, so mm-hmm. they didn't want a bunch of kids who are performers, just walking through the park. Yeah. Number two, they have an elaborate system of underground tunnels, and they did not want the children to be in those tunnels because they didn't want the magic. You know, you can't go, can't take a bunch of kids down in a tunnel, yeah. and Mickey Mouse is standing there with his head off smoking a cigarette. We
1: should have warned like, that people was, before this happened. You don't want that
0: happening. <laughs> um, so anyway, I think we ended up, everybody got out of their, you know, unis or their costumes, whatever, and we kind of walked in a decentralized way to the next venue, and then everybody had to suit back up. Everyone
1: stay decentralized. Do not congregate. Do not
0: look like a performance act. And do not go underground where you might see Mickey Mouse with his head off smoking a cigarette. That would kill the magic. Okay, Okay,
1: if I may. You may. Bring it back. Currently, we specialize in all things digital. Uh, for experiences um i mean who knows we may explore the physical realm of actually we've done some we've done some design for conferences so that's more of a physical oh, yeah we've space. done
0: environmental design yeah. show stuff love yep.
1: environmental science but um I'll, i want to kind of put it out there that although we do specialize in digital experiences through avenues of graphic audio video whatever whatever um we believe that digital design should or digital experiences should be crafted and thought of the same way as physical, Mm. um, experiential type encounters. Um, So, you know, just like the way that you go to a concert and you have the experience begins the moment you think about the fact that you want to go to the concert and you think about, I'm going to Google this or I'm going to, I don't know if anyone goes to the venue anymore to buy tickets, but from the moment you conceive in your head that you want to go to the night of the concert, there's an entire experience there. And actually part of that experience is digital. Um, so you might think you're going to a physical concert, but there actually is a lot of digital design in there. So just kind of setting setting the, um, setting the, up the environment there for all the things that we would talk about um, from the digital to the physical realm. We just love thinking about how things are designed and uh, from the things that are conscious to subconscious mm-hmm. every single That's time. That's an
0: awesome point. I never thought about that. Yeah, your, your experience begins from the moment of decision mm-hmm. or even the moment of consideration mm-hmm. if you wanted to get into that traditional marketing funnel. Um, yeah. And interestingly, you know, the, the best experiences out there are, this is just repeating something you said, they are designed experiences. You know, if you like to go to Abercrombie & Fitch, which I don't. when you walk in the smell smell. it's kind of overwhelming but somebody thought that was a good idea and i guarantee they tested it on many many guinea pigs Mm -hmm. um, many 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 a hugely diverse group of white suburban teenagers um, (laughs) to see what smells they would like Um, so you know Mm -hmm. it it, i think what we what we're we're always pushing our clients to do is to really sell the experience rather than the product and that's mm-hmm. where you get into you know issues of brand preference over just respect. You know, like it's one mm-hmm. thing to have a respected brand, but to be the preferred brand, you have to have created an end-to-end experience. And uh, but anyway, it's it. There's the reason they did that is because there's a lot to that. Um, mm-hmm. We are really selling experiences. We are purveying experiences, and that's whether you're a you know, uh, entertaining friends in your home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, I know how I like to do that. I like the house kind of cleaned up. I like to have a few candles going, some the right music. I think about that. What is mm-hmm. it that I want people to see through the windows as they're walking up yeah. to the house? Mm-hmm. Um, what's happening as soon as they come through the front door? Right. Um, that's how we're wired. That's how we're built is to want that.
1: Yeah, and so... Um, One of our biggest challenges right now, and I was just talking about this the other night at dinner, is like we love, people love good brand experiences. And I mean, no one one denies that they love a good brand experience and like people love going into Whole Foods because it doesn't feel like a grocery store. It feels like a place to hang out or to meet up with your friends. Hmm. At the end of the day, it's still a grocery store. Um, it might be different products than, you know, Safeway or Giant or Kroger or whatever. But there is a very serious experience happening there. Um, and so there's no doubt that people, they love that. And especially in the Instagram era that we live in, there's such a brand loyalty and the image of everything. But with even though that is without a doubt what people love, we still, day after day, have a hard time. Um, getting people to shift their mindset about their marketing for their product to talk about the experience first and let it be supported by a really strong good product Mm -hmm. so i kind of want to ask you um, do you have any ideas on why it's hard for people to grasp that when they are in the marketing trenches per se and like it's time to do some decision making why is it that it's hard when you're on this side of you know on this side of the drafting table think about i'm going to prioritize the experience yet in day-to-day life we thrive on the experience every day
0: i think that when you've been um focused on product development if especially if you're let's say you're a technology company or you're b2b you've probably entered the marketplace with a solution that you worked really hard on you spent Mm -hmm. a lot of money on and you figured out what the functions you know what functionality was required by the user in order for them to be a buyer Mm -hmm. Um, And so the temptation is to want to just talk about features. Mm -hmm. You know, what does this thing do? What are the bells and whistles? And, you know, it would be like if you were a car manufacturer, you've worked so hard on this BMW M series that you make the terrible mistake of going into market and saying, it's got four dials on the dashboard. And this dial changes the radio station. You know, I mean, that's not why people buy a BMW. They buy yeah. a BMW because they want the ultimate driving experience. Yeah. And so, I think whatever your product is, um, whatever the solution is, um, getting off of the features and and sort of selling a moment, selling an experience, mm-hmm. a relationship, a connection, is really critical. And that that's true whether you are consumer packaged good, mm-hmm. um, you know, a box of Kleenex, or whether you are a, you know, very dense technological solution with a ton of, you know, um, specification behind it, you know, that's very important for the engineer mm-hmm. who buys it to understand, but you cannot start the conversation there. Yeah. It has to begin with their very first contact they ever have with your brand. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of, I think, what we're, what, what is cool to me and what makes any, you know, any journey into marketing, any journey into kind of the purveyance, is that a word, purveyance of mm-hmm. products, yeah. um, goods, services, solutions, <laughs> um, that's what keeps me interested. And it could be a cybersecurity company with, you know, what isn't maybe a sexy consumer product, mm-hmm. or it could be something really cool like a hotel um, or a, apparel Mm-hmm. You know um, that that they they kind of understand this. The, the consumer side understands this a little better. Yeah, um, it's kind of 95 percent experience, five percent product.
1: And actually, that just made me think another yet another reason. Even though I think we have enough reasons to get people on the experience side of things, we live increasingly in a like a very dense consumer product or direct to consumer world right now. So even if those industries seem like the natural fit for marketing experience over product features, we have to remember that all the people that go to work every day and might be the ones that are looking for your, your tech product or your more of what we would like a B2B product, they are still themselves saturated with consumer marketing or direct to consumer marketing. So they're kind of primed mm. that everything, like that the good things I that I like are fueled on experience. So if we just kind of compartmentalize, like, you know, well, if it's a B2B product or a tech or a heavy feature thing, let's just keep in that realm. Well, we're kind of missing out on that psychology that they're already primed to, that like, hey, when I go out to eat, I like to go to places that have a good app and it's quick and I can do it. Or, you know, if I'm gonna, um, Go out on a Friday night. I'm going to go somewhere where it has a nice environment, maybe some string lights and some live music. Like we're always thinking about the experience. So there's no reason why that one section of products should just be feature oriented. I mean, mm. like let's let's meet people where they're at and say, hey, you like consumer brands marketed to you this way? Like, yes, we do too. Let's transfer that to the the tech side, the yeah. more feature heavy side. B two B
0: buyers are humans. It's That's all B two H. B two H H stands for humans. <laughs> In case you missed that.
1: Can you think of some um, brands that have really strong, like, experience marketing? Because I think that's cool to think about. Like, um, I mean, everyone goes to Uber. Let's not do Uber because it's like, what's a what's a consumer or a direct to consumer brand that sells the experience to you, and you don't even really think about like the back end of things?
0: Well, I think of, um, I mean, Red Bull is an energy drink
1: they were you know they were one of the early like pioneers of this type of thing yeah
0: and you know they started with these commercials red bull gives you wings yeah which you know spoke to what the product did for you Mm -hmm. they don't i don't think they do that anymore at all i think it's all about lifestyle it's not it's not even a beverage company anymore it's a lifestyle company it's guys in squirrel suits flying (laughs) through ravines you know and jumping out of planes Yeah.
1: you Talk know, about helicopter an
0: skiing and all that it has nothing to do with this brown syrupy liquid that
1: <laughs> i think it's red
0: is it red that yeah. shows you see, how you don't, much so see i've never know. drank i've never consumed a red bull
1: okay so yeah red bull that's a great that's a great example and someone like red bull has even expanded they went from just like red bull gives you wings to ha- to hosting who's that those x games
0: no that's no Mountain no Dew. those
1: hilarious events that they did and it was just so absurd and that's what was part of their brand. That'd be one of their personality traits. Absurd. I read
0: a book. Uh, it's a famous brand book that, of course, I can't remember the name of it. Maybe we'll put it in the show notes, but it tells a story of Red Bull. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, early on, when Red Bull wanted to create a certain per- persona for the brand, they mm-hmm. did things as granular as go into clubs where you know like nightclubs where a rager was going on Mm -hmm. and they strewn empty crushed red bull uh, cans in the bathrooms no so you go into the bathroom and you see a bunch of red bull cans on the floor and you're like whoa what's going on with this (laughs) red bull thing (laughs) true story um we'll we'll find the book and uh, i probably got it on my shelf somewhere but yeah i mean just you know kind of breaking into a market like where do you want to be scene and yeah. what crowd do you want to be associated with yes. and even before there was a demand yeah kind of creating an experience like okay we're going to be associated with folks who want to stay at blayton.
1: that's amazing and dance their tushies off yeah anyway that's awesome okay what i want to think of one um a brand that i like I mean, I guess, you know, I have to say Whole Foods, like I used that earlier, but like they they market an experience. I get emails every week that fantastic copy. And it's all about the experience that I will have when I go to Whole Foods like you know, um, you know, embrace I'm not a copywriter, so I'm not going to get it out right. But, you know, embrace the summer night with the foods of the season. Like they're telling me about my evening or my weekend or, you know, the holiday that's coming up and how to like you know, make it an awesome experience and then, oh, by the way, here's the food to do it. Mm-hmm. So um that is just that's a great example. Um, um so well, I, I think, think we've had a yeah. pretty
0: good first outing.
1: Yeah, I think um I think
0: fifth time's a charm.
1: Fifth time's a charm. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> we're charming.
0: <laughs> I think we're incredibly charming. Josh, do you think we're charming? He's nodding his head. Josh is our engineer. He's
1: also our Wilson to our home improvement, right? Whoa. He's yes. our Wilson. Yes, we see his eyes Ooh, over the Josh over is our the <laughs> rock.
0: He is our rock. He could not be in this room talking if Josh were not over there. It's giving true. us stability and security. A awesome. sense of assurance and belonging. Because after all, to bring it home.
1: To so bring it home. Isn't
0: that what we're talking about with the design of experience? We want real community. You know, we are hardwired and built as humans to mm-hmm. want real connections. To, to be loved, to love and be loved, to know and be known. Um, that's really what, you know, what what all this is about. Yeah. And so I think the ability to talk about that is pretty sweet.
1: I do too. I'm not going to follow up with that because that was, that was pretty solid. Awesome. So I'll just wrap it up by saying we'll see you again in two weeks and um, Josh can go ahead and cue that exit music. Thanks.
0: Tell all your friends. Rate us on uh, iTunes. Yeah and all the other places your favorite podcast.
1: The Design of Experience is produced by 15Four a creative agency located in Charm City Baltimore, Maryland Produced by Emily Wolfe Engineered by Josh Frisch with story and creative development by Matt DeVille and Steve Smallman